Welcome to the first ever live edition of the Clerical Errors Podcast. Two and a half incredible clerics are here to give you a great show in the historic Windsor Theater. First up, first up, he has the biggest calves you've ever seen. He's read at least two books before. He has severe dietary restrictions. His name is Bullhagen. Next up, his intellect is far more advanced than mere mortals. He has an average-sized calf. His favorite musical artist is Taylor Swift. The bearded bard himself, Berg. Okay, sometimes bearded. And finally, the underdog from Michigan. He eats venison for every meal. The man with no name, only a number. Vicar 18.0. Hi, Vicar. How you doing? Wonderful. I'm glad to hear it. So I must admit, as we begin, uh, Typical clerical errors uh, f- uh, fashion, we don't really do much as, as far as show prep. So all our effort went into this, and now we have to somehow make a show. <laughs> so a uh, quick show of hands. How many of you actually listen to the podcast? All right. Almost everyone. So you guys kind of know what's going on. Yeah. So let's have well, sh- uh, <laughs> what's happening. <laughs> you want to get going? Yeah. So on the podcast, we usually begin with a beverage um, and that wait, we, wait, wait. We, we taste. And it kind of... Uh, well, recorded live at Talks and Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. So let's go. <laughs> we forgot to do that, didn't we? We didn't. You did. That's okay. It's oh, a clerical error. It happens. I'm Bullhagen. I'm Berg. And I'm Vicar. Welcome to the show. Peter's here. Hey, Pete. Hey! <laughs> the show that shows you what's behind the collar. All right. Now we can go. All right. So do you guys bring <laughs> any anyone bring a beverage for us to taste? To taste? I mean, I brought stuff for me, but... Okay. <laughs> so, I guess I'll go first. Uh, I brought some uh, German beer here, a Pils, so, you know, living the dream. V- Vicar, did you bring me anything? Yes, I brought something <laughs> good, good. I'd like you to taste. It's called Ranch Water. Okay. <laughs> and I think it might meet your dietary restrictions. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Was it looks good. Would you guys like to try one? I'll try a ranch water. Spicy hard seltzer. Berg? Made with 100% agave, natural lime juice, and jalapeno flavors. Well, I'm not sure if the jalapeno is a good idea. It's all right. We'll find out. And then I've got a Pompeii Masak Hopped India Pale Ale. 
Sounds like a, something a seminarian would Goliath pick. Goliath Brewing Company. I think I, that's good, actually. Yeah. I good like work. that. Good work, Vicar. It's from my sainted wife. <laughs> She's... She's still with Ra- us. Raise she? your hand. <laughs> let, let, let's know where you She's are. Still safe. Where is it? Hey! hey. <laughs> so, uh, Berg, what are you preaching on? I don't know. What's the text? Vicar. <laughs> the text is from Matthew, chapter 8. It's Jesus calms the, a storm. And when he got into the boat, his disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? Then he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, what sort of man is this that even the winds and sea obey him? So, uh, Berg, riff on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, um, yeah, I guess we can. Well, last, uh, last Sunday we heard a lot about faith, where, where uh, Jesus commented on the centurion's faith. Now, he hasn't found faith in all of Israel. And now what does he say to his own disciples? Yeah, he calls them those of little faith. Right, not of no faith. Yeah, so, okay, you put me on the spot, so riff on that. Riff on the little faith. Like, if you had to write a sermon on little faith, what would you say? I would say that uh, um, if anyone walks around thinking that their faith is great, they're probably lying to themselves. (laughs) I mean, even the centurion, if you were to ask him, is your faith great? What would he say? I'm not worthy. Right. So, but he, there, he does make a distinction here, though, between the disciples and what we heard earlier, because they're both from Matthew. So the, even the, the text does that itself. But uh, they, while the centurion, he did not question the goodness of God, he trusted in the, the will and the goodness of God, just like the leper did. But they are questioning. They thought they were going to die. They didn't think that Jesus was going to take care of them. And so they had faith, but it was a little faith. They needed encouragement. And I think everyone who, when you hear that text, we can all place uh, ourselves in that. So how many of you would, would, uh, would identify with the disciples in this text? Raise your hand. Almost everybody. Right. And... Uh, you know, they, they, had, uh, they had Jesus with them in the boat. The presence of God, the one who controls the winds of the waves. Okay, you want me to say something? Well, well, Vicar right. actually is the one preaching oh, on it. Vicar, <laughs> go for it. This is great because I actually haven't seen his sermon yet. I was, I was supposed to do that this afternoon and then... We got carried away. Yeah. A storm blew in. Well, I think we need to look at this through the lens of the Old Testament, through Jonah chapter 1. And that's about Jonah going in a boat. Actually, these two texts have way more in common than you would think. Because the Old Testament reading for that Sunday is from Jonah. Right. It's where Jonah gets a call 
from the Lord, he's called to go preach to Nineveh. And instead he flees the presence of the Lord. So I would play on the presence of the Lord with Jesus in the boat a little bit. Um, but with both accounts, you have, you have a preacher in a boat. You have a crew that's afraid. You have a preacher sleeping in the boat. You have the storm with the wind and the waves. You have the people saying, we are perishing, help us. You know, in one, in the Jonah narrative, it's, it's the crew and the captain. In the Jesus narrative, it's the disciples. Um, and in both, you have the prophet preacher um, as the one who could tell them what's really going on. Jonah has to make a confession, though, where Jesus just calms the storm on his own. So I would take it from that approach. Look at the similarities and then look at the difference, differences and talk about the attributes of God that Jesus also proves to have. Good work, Vicar. <laughs> yeah, your work is done, Berg. <laughs> you don't have to do a thing. You're welcome. <laughs> so uh, one, one thing that we do is we have segments on the show, and what do we do before we start a segment? Yeah? That's right. So can you say that? Peter, play the intro? Peter, play the intro. Enough nonsense. It's time for Bullhagen's Top 12. All right. So I have a Top 12 list right here. This is what they look like. Um, and my Top 12 list is why a studio audience today? You say anything? <laughs> I don't know what I should say here. All right, so... so. Why, why it's better to have a studio why audience? Why we're having a studio audience today. Why we had this idea. And I have 12 reasons right here. They're on a paper, and he counted them this time. I watched right. them. Right. Right. I actually, Peter asked if I was done with them, and I didn't have one yet. So. It's a real doozy, too. All right. So, 12 reasons why we have a live audience today. Number 12. Number 12. So when I report back to the seminary about Vicar, I have witnesses. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> Number 11. Number 11. Because my wife doesn't actually believe anyone listens. <laughs> Number 10. Number 10. Be honest, what else were you going to do tonight? <laughs> Number nine. Uh, because we have the best audience in the world. Yay! <laughs> that's... That was, that's a great... Yeah. That, all right, number eight. Because number no one... Eight. <laughs> because no one ever gives us feedback. <laughs> that is true. I mean... I see the inbox, so... <laughs> hey, you know, we've got Hannah. Right? I was kind of scared she was just going to show up today, I'll be honest. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's that up there? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad she didn't stay at the, uh, at the rest stop again and with the locked bathrooms and stuff, so... Yeah, yeah. Number seven. 
Number seven. Because afterwards, we have an incredible timeshare opportunity for you to consider. <laughs> Number six. Number six. You know what we sound like. Well, now you can know what we smell like. <laughs> Number five. Number five. Because we are running out of material. <laughs> Number four. Number four. Because otherwise you'd be at home watching the news. Uh, <laughs> Everybody in the crowd is like, boo, news. <laughs> I hate the future. Number three. Number three. To keep Bambi safe from Vicar for one more night. <laughs> Number two. Number two. Because there's nothing Berg likes more than a little attention. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and number one. And number one. Because we need to... We, <laughs> Come on. Wait, 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 wait. Take two. And number one. Because we have the best audience in the world. Yay! So. That was a great last one. That was good. Yeah. That was good. Yeah. What does the audience think? Woo! Oh, I'm sorry. I got a phone call. Perks of being a pastor. Um... I think it's time to get the audience involved a little audience bit. Audience all okay. So, uh, what, do we have anything for the audience to we do? Have it, um, man, what are we going to do while he's gone? Um, do you guys, do you guys watch that football game uh, of the Chiefs last night? Yeah, the Chiefs won. 13 seconds. 13 seconds. It was incredible. You guys didn't watch it. I, I didn't. I nope. Didn't. Nope. Uh, well, hey, you know, we've got Jonah upstage helping us. He's my audio engineer for the audio engineer helping me out today. You have anything to say? Not really. Nice. Ah, uh, he's loud. <laughs> he made a great substitute vicar while I was gone. So, so tell me, what the two of you, what did you guys uh, think of I guess um, guess Bullhigan's got to be gone for a while, but he sent in a backup. Oh, it's Chris Christian! Hey! Hello, how are you doing? How are you doing, Pastor Christian? Good, good. Would you like to explain to everyone who I am? Uh, is that... Berg, I've never actually met you in person. Yeah, nice, nice to meet you. <laughs> how, was, how was your drive from uh, Port uh, Berlin, Port Berlin or, yeah. Oklahoma? Um, actually, as you, if you're a listener to the show, you know I am the pastor uh, of the largest, the fastest growing church in Oklahoma. Yes. Yes, you are. Yes. 
Um, I have a, a little church there uh, on exit uh, um, 352, I believe. That's funny. I think you, every time you tell us which exit it is, it's a different number. Oh. Well, there's a, there's a, a lovely rest stop there well, that I found that we can meet for free. Oh. Yes. Yes. Uh, by the way, uh, I just want to commend your podcast. These are really nice digs. I'm getting some good ideas about this. Oh. Uh, what do you like about it, Pastor Christian? Well, I noticed the restrooms are very nice. Yeah, you're right. Uh, cleaned regularly. They sure yes. are. Yes. And uh, very easy to find, just there on exit 165. Yeah. So. Do you like the historic aspect of the building, too? Or? Yes, actually, at the, the rest stop where uh, we go, there's a lovely Navajo uh, Native American display uh, from the people that they displaced to build that. <laughs> oh, of course. That's nice that they, you know, honor them. Yes, yes. So, uh, uh, but, I, but I am a little bad news because... Um, my mother and her husband and her eight stepchildren moved to Tulsa. Without you. Right. Which means I am the, the pastor of the fastest shrinking church in Oklahoma. Oh, no. That's got to be quite a blow, man. Yes. So if, if you're not aware, I, I was the pastor of the largest, fastest growing because, um, well, my mother started going and... Uh, and we went up by about 90% of our attendance. Didn't you, you know, maybe triple in size, wasn't it? The, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And now, now what, you're down 90%, huh? Yes, but uh, we're, we're, the, the rest stop is always open. We're always welcomed. So uh, <laughs> I, I noticed, Pastor Christian, you've, you've changed your hair since I last saw you. Well, you've yes. Got, well, um... As you know, our theme of our church, we've said in earlier podcasts, is uh, just Jesus. That we don't need theology or anything, that's just Jesus. We have Jesus, and that's it. We recently had a promotion, uh, just Jesus and Turkey, where we had Jesus and offered people Turkey. Mm-hmm. A couple of years ago now, but yeah. Yes. Recently. Well, well, I don't know about here in Iowa, but in Oklahoma, uh, wrestling is a very big thing. Do we have any wrestlers here? <laughs> Whoa. So, um, <laughs> well, the, the we got one, one, the one voice crying in the wilderness, right? <laughs> <laughs> Saying, yes, hide your children for Pastor Christensen. <laughs> Christensen? Christian. Christian. I know my name. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so, um... Because wrestling is uh, such a popular thing in Oklahoma, I thought maybe I could relate people by, by dressing, dressing as a wrestler today. Mm-hmm. So uh, what wrestler are you, uh, are, are you uh, dressing as? I'm, I'm my own. You know, your own. Yeah! I'm working on my voice a little bit, too. Okay, okay. Nice. I, so what's, I like your, what's your gimmick? You got a gimmick? I've recently found out that um, there are two kinds of wrestling, and in Oklahoma, this isn't the kind they like. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we commend your uh, originality and your ingenuity in this. Yes, because people really need Jesus in, in wrestling, I think. Jesus yeah. and wrestling, yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just Jesus and wrestling. 
Yeah, that's 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 good. Yeah, I mean, exactly. You guys are really understanding. So, so how are you? Are you gonna hold your own wrestling uh, meet? I guess. I mean, um, I'm working on it, but no one seems to want to wrestle me. Anybody here want to wrestle, Pastor Christian? Uh, well, there was only the one wrestler, so you know, we don't want to put him on the spot. We, we, okay. Berg, are you okay? You, you look a little confused. Yeah. I, <laughs> are we, am I trying too hard? <laughs> do, you have a, do you have a better... <laughs> good idea. Um, <laughs> do you have any better ideas for Pastor Christian? Maybe he can try. Because, you know, we're... He's still, he's still working well, on see, it. Well, see, I'm he's finding the, the Just Jesus um, with... Uh, I don't want to get in theology. And once I get rid of that, you don't do that. You got to find something to bring the people in. You got, you got any ideas? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe just, you know, preach the gospel a little bit. Oh, what do you mean by that? Um, read the text and, you know, tell people that Jesus forgives their sins. Maybe that'll work. Well, I think if they just say his name and think about his name. That's over enough. and over again. Mm-hmm. Right, like a chant. Yes. Maybe, maybe, um, maybe the See, plan is that, you got to get go. a bumper sticker, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe if you start giving people bumper stickers, or you know, you could go to your you could go to your uh, church place. Well, well, if you if it weren't for the bumper sticker, maybe honk, if you start hang- if you love you know, Jesus. rather than turkey, rather than turkey, maybe if you handed out slim jims. Ooh, yeah. You know, may- maybe that'll catch. Yeah. Up. Step into a slim jim with Jesus. Step into a slim jim. Not sponsored. Not not sponsored. Yet. <laughs> okay, well, I think this bit is dying. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Pastor Christian, you, um, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got the look now of a wrestler, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, but you also, if you like squint a little bit, you almost look like a Christian music artist. Maybe that's your pivot. Wow, Can they use auto-tune? Well, you could play the triangle. There you go. Or the bongo drums. Well, I think I just heard the, the bus horn outside. You might want to catch it to get back to your rest stop. Uh, otherwise, you're going to get stuck here in the snowstorm tomorrow. So, Okay. Thank you for joining me on my failure. <laughs> <laughs> Man. All right, so what do we what do we do now? <laughs> Thank goodness, Pastor Christian just happened to be uh, coming by while Bullhagen was stuck on that very important pastor call he's on right now. Exactly. I mean, you know, he really he bailed us. us. You know, so. we didn't. We were out of content because neither of you had any ideas. <laughs> that's yeah. That's exactly right. I'm just the vicar. Just wash your hands of it, Vicar. <laughs> You've been a part of this. Oh, thank you. Oh, hey, Bullhagen. Hey. Welcome back. Hey. <laughs> hey, we need to do something better now. Yeah, we do. <laughs> um, What's guys, next on the docket, producer? Uh, you guys want to do some D&D preaching? All right. All right. Who knows what D&D preaching is? Nobody. Oh. All right, so we're... There's one out there. One, couple, couple. 
Oh, yeah, the wrestler. That's right. The wrestler knows. So what, the, what D&D preaching is, is you find out what Pastor Berg and I find out what uh, we're given a text, and we have just a couple of minutes to prepare a sermon and uh, based on that text. And um, I thought it would be nice, since we have a studio audience, we have an option of a funeral sermon or a wedding sermon. Okay? You, with, right. you follow me? I'm picking up what you're putting down. Right. So uh, to do that, we need a few volunteers. We need a couple of volunteers for a, a wedding and a volunteer for a funeral. Now, it's fine if you're already married. It's, it's a bit, you know, it's not real. It's not legally binding or anything. Well, unless you're already legally bound, I mean. Right, know. I mean, like, you know, if you're already legally bound. Think, think of it as like a reaffirmation. There you go. There you go. So. so do we have any volunteers? Anybody? Anybody? We'll make Jonah do it otherwise. He didn't know that, but he's finding out now. Nobody? Come on. Boo. Booing our own crowd now. All right. All right. Jonah, I'm doing your funeral. <laughs> All right. So Jonah's funeral. Let's uh, find out what text you have. All right. So this is all done randomly. Okay. So how many books are in the Old and New Testaments? Anybody know? 66. How many are in the New Testament? 27. <laughs> because you have three letters in New and nine letters in Testament. Three times nine is? 27. 27. Okay. How many books are in the Old Testament? 39. Why? Because that's amazing. Because you have three letters in Old and nine letters in Testament. Testament. See, now you guys will remember that forever. <laughs> Mind blown. See, I mean, come on. Right? All right. All right. Randomly generate, you know, generalize this. So, so you had, you had a, uh, I have got a random number generator here. You've got your. Yep. Or do so, you want me to just get a random verse? Because I thought we did it by. Uh, Deuteronomy. That's five, right? Yeah. Oh, I, uh, one out of what? One out of 66. 66. 63. 63. 2 John. 2 John. And then the chapter, so we got Second John, there's one chapter, so... So, ch chapter one. Right. So, uh, how many verses are in Second John? Thirteen. Verse six. And it reads, And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. Man, that was... If it was a marriage, that would have been way different, huh? Six. Second John six. one six. Uh, I was in first John. Rookie mistake. Send Christian back out. <laughs> so do you need any time? Yeah, I was gonna say, well, let's give him let's give him a few minutes here. All right. So do we have any questions from the audience? Yeah. I wanna I want more audience participation. You guys are gonna have to work for this. You guys came out, so <laughs> you expected to be entertained? Yeah. If you want, you're going to have to give. So, and I'm going to start calling on my students if uh, other people don't. Uh-oh. 
Um, so I've got a couple questions. Um, they're kind of deep. I guess I'll give you one and Bullhagen gets the other one while you're All right. thinking, huh? Okay, okay. I'm, I'm ready. Oh, you're ready. Yeah, let's wow. do the question though first. Let's do a question? Yes. <clears throat> all right, so we've got a question that says, about baptism, are, the, are all baptisms the same as long as the water and the word is present? So Lutheran, Methodist, Baptist, done by a chaplain in a hospital or any believer, any church, are they, are they all effective or real in God's eyes? All right, that's a good question. Um, what is baptism? Baptism is washing with uh, water and the word. So you can't use beer to baptize. Okay, that's pretty important. Uh, and it should be done in the name of the triune God, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So any Christian that believes in the triune God and does a baptism with water, right? You can't do an air baptism because you think that, you know, water's in the air. That's nonsense, right? Um, it, it is a baptism, right? Uh, even if they don't believe in the effects of it. Um, so because any of, sort of... of the, the power is in the word, not in the person. But in that word, we have to make sure that we are, uh, that we actually believe in the triune God. So any sort of formula where it's creator, redeemer, sanctifier, that's not true. That's not what Jesus has given us in the command of Correct. Matthew 28. Yeah. And that's not actually talking about the Trinity, even though people will think that it is, because God the Father is the creator, and he is also the sanctifier, like we see in John 6. No one comes to me unless the Father draws him, for example. All three persons are involved in the creation, um, in redemption in a certain sense. I mean, the Father didn't die for your sins, and the Holy Spirit didn't die for your sins, but they were definitely involved in the redemption. And all three persons are involved in sanctification, that is, making you holy. So um, you actually have to n not just use the words in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but you actually have to believe that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit are three co-equal, uh, co-eternal persons of the Trinity, okay? So, for example, the Mormons use the phrase, you know, they baptize with, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, but they don't mean the same thing as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They're actually polytheists. They believe in many gods. And so the Father was actually a god, the Son is a god, and the Holy Spirit is a god, right? So it actually means, it, it actually really depends on what do you mean by baptize and what do you mean by Father, Son, and Holy Spirit? Like, for example, if I tell you that I'm going to go to Denver, where do you think I'm going? Denver, Iowa. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously, right? But if I'm going to Denver, Colorado, right, I'm using the same word, Denver, Mm -hmm. but they're two very, very different places. I mean, I hope you would agree with that, right? Mm -hmm. Right? So that's the thing. You can use the same word for something, but mean something completely different by it. The same thing happens in the Lord's Supper as well. Right, and this is why we believe that baptisms by uh, other denominations are valid if they believe in the Trinity, but why we don't believe that them receiving you know, what they say is the Lord's Supper, we don't believe that it's the Lord's Supper because when they say, this is my body, 
They don't mean this is my yeah, body. There yeah, there is actually is represents. So, I don't know. I think you nailed it. The end. The end. All right, we're ready for Jonah's funeral. <clears throat> All right. From 1 John chapter 1, verse 6. What was that verse again? Uh, second John. Or sorry, Second John, one, uh, six. verse six. So, uh, um, really, for help me to get the right mind frame, Jonah, I need you to do something for me. If you could just lie down. <laughs> yes. Yes, please. Now, do we? Are we putting a clock on this? We need uh, the clock, right? What do we say? Like seven minutes? Is that the thing, right? Yeah. Let's do. I'll give you the verse again when you find the clock. And this is love, that we walk according to his commandments. This is the commandment, just as you have heard from the beginning, so that you should walk in it. And go. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, here gathered in memory of Jonah Bullhagen. The text for our consideration is his confirmation verse. Now, nowadays when people talk about love, they shy away from the Ten Commandments. They say, look at the commandments. They are not of love, they are of hate. Look at the commandments, how they tell you to worship only one God or remember one name. They say that the Christian faith is one of hate. But it's not. As this text reminds us, the truest form of love that you could express is the Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments define what love is. So if you want to love one another, if you want to love God, you listen to the Ten Commandments. That brings us to our brother here, lying here before us, looking ripped. They did such a nice job on you, Joe. <laughs> when we look at him, and we know, we all know Jonah. Everybody knows Jonah. And we look at this, we know, everyone who knows Jonah knows, he didn't always walk in the way of the Ten Commandments, did he? Which makes, may make you wonder, well, how do we know he has salvation? How do we know that he will rise from the dead? Because there was someone who did walk perfectly in the Ten Commandments in his place. There was someone, our Lord Jesus Christ, who lived and loved perfectly for Jonah. And Jonah was baptized in that perfect love so that just as Christ was raised from the dead, Jonah laying here may also rise to walk in the newness of everlasting life. We are thankful for his life of faith. We are thankful that in many ways, by the power of the Holy Spirit, he believed. That he showed love to others, not perfectly, but as a child of God. And this is evidence of the faith that God gave him. He rests in Jesus because of the love of Jesus, who walked uprightly, so that Jonah lying here can rise to stand again, to walk uprightly in the kingdom of God forever. So, dear Joe, precious Joe, 
May you rest in the love of Christ. Amen. Amen. That was awesome. Like, All right. Good work. So you're next. You're next. Oh, boy. All right. Let me pull up my random, random number generator. Now, do you, do you want to do a funeral for Jonah, too? Uh, well. Or do you want to do a wedding? Uh, well, we can do it. We, we can should, try it. We should you know ask what? the crowd. What do you guys want? A wedding. Yeah, of course you do. Okay. Everybody of course you want a wedding. Well, I made I made Jonah be a part of the uh, the funeral. So if I could ask my dear lovely wife to come forward. Do it. Do it. Give her some encouragement. Use the stairs. I can carry. All right, 1 to 66. 1 to 66. We got 28. Uh, 28 is the book of Hosea. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. All right, Vicar, how many verses in uh, how many chapters? 14 chapters. 14 chapters. It's going to be chapter 2. Okay. What verse? How many verses are in chapter 2? 23. Uh, verse 7. Okay. So, Hosea 2, 7. It reads, She shall pursue her lovers, but not overtake them. <laughs> <laughs> and she shall seek them, but shall not find them. <laughs> <laughs> then she shall say, I will go and return to my first husband. <laughs> for he has thicker calves. <laughs> I think that last bit was an interpolation, wasn't it? I mean, for it was better for me than now. I mean, it's probably a translation issue. If you go back to the original language, it probably talks about calves. I think mine was just as hard. (laughs) Hey, Peter, you have any questions? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Oh, I'm excited for this. Yeah, Berg, you can take some time. We'll give you plenty. Um, let me pull up my questions here. Um, uh, this is a third commandment question. I regularly go to church every Sunday. After I get home, I wonder and sometimes feel guilty if it's okay to do some chores or even ask my kids to do a load of dishes, but know that that's all law. So how do I balance this? Okay, I would, I would say the, the first thing is um, Luther teaches of this commandment that uh, the only way anything could ever be made holy is by the word of God. Okay? And so it really is about resting in Christ, but specifically resting in his word. Um, Jesus dealt with, with many of the Pharisees who thought he should do nothing, and they gave him a hard time about even healing uh, on the Sabbath, but that, that is not the spirit of the law. Um, the first thing, I, so one thing I would say is don't feel guilty about making your kids do the dishes because there's also a fourth commandment. And uh, the goal of the, the law, of the, of the commandment, is to rest in God's word, his love, and his forgiveness. And so 
I would say when you're doing the dishes or doing things that need to be done, you can do it with a spirit of love and forgiveness and use a time to contemplate even further on, on the Word of God. And to remember that uh, um, in, in this way, uh, if it's distracting from what happened on Sunday morning, if it feels like you're undoing what happened when, when Christ forgave you your sin, that would be one thing. But to do so in the rest and the comfort uh, of, of his peace and forgiveness, you can still do that even as you come home from church. And maybe a good thing to do would be maybe you could do it together as a family. Um, that, is, that is a blessed thing too, to rest and to use that time when you're doing the dishes to talk about the sermon, to talk about uh, what happened that day, to talk about one of the readings, how, what impacted you, what was good. And in that way, you could really uh, use that time as a blessing and to maybe rather than use that time to just feel guilty that you're having to do something, but uh, to further expand, to teach your children and to, uh, to be a blessing to one another. So, anything else you'd like to add, Berg, or you're still, you're, the hamster's still running in the wheel up there? I think I got it. Okay. All right. Seven minutes. Seven minutes on the clock. All right. All right, this is the second wedding I've done, so... Uh, can we get the verse once again, uh, Vicar? <laughs> so the verse from Hosea 2, 7 says, She shall pursue her lovers, but not overtake them. And she shall seek them, but shall not find them. Then she shall say, I will go and return to my first husband, for it was better for me then than now. And your time starts now. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. This text doesn't seem to apply to either one of you because she has pursued her lover and overtaken him. She has sought him and found him. That's why we're here today. And so that's a pretty great thing. And she, not, she doesn't even have a first husband. So how can this text actually say anything to you guys today? Well, this is using marriage language. God here uses marriage language in order to talk about his relationship with his church. And so the, our first point, we'll talk about the uselessness of other loves. And finally, uh, a true love which is based upon our first love, which is Christ Jesus. The first thing that we see here is the uselessness of other loves. Israel a committed spiritual whoredom. She pursued other lovers, other gods. And we see that this happens all the time, even within the context of marriage. We forsake one another sometimes for money, power, whatever. And sometimes, unfortunately, in the society that we live in, um, you have uh, wives and husbands who forsake one another uh, for new marriages because they believe that the grass is greener on the other side. And woe to them because not only do they forsake their first love, but frankly, they uh, find out how much worse it is without them. Israel found out that this was the same thing. She ran after these other lovers, uh, but she never found any sort of comfort or any sort of fulfillment 
in them. And so, here, the prophet Hosea then gives them comfort. I mean, and this is the prophet who married a prostitute. This is the prophet who named his kids Lo-Ami, not my people, or Lo-Ruma, not loved, or Jezreel, right? I mean, great names for kids, by the way, if you, you know, I mean, I'd stay away from Jonah, but, oh, never mind. So, but we see here, (laughs) so, um, but we see here that, uh, Israel has hope because she can return to her first husband. She can return to the Lord with all of her heart because it is better for her than it is now. And that's the thing to remember as you go forward in life, that when you return to the Lord, when you return to your first love, it is better. It is better because you have the forgiveness of sins. It is better because you have peace with God. It is better because you have the hope of eternal life. And when you have that freedom, that hope, Uh, that forgiveness, it makes life together so much easier than it is without that. And so may God bless and keep you in your marital vows. Amen. Give it up for Berg. That was amazing. You know, know, the few times that we've done this, Berg, uh, it's been oddly strange how somehow the text actually, as funny as it was, do fit. It does. I mean, you know. I mean, it's not one that you would actually pick, I hope. No, no. Right. But it's fun. It's a fun exercise. Right. Because unfortunately, I mean, like today, there are so many people who, I mean, 50% of the people are, are divorced, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's re- really sad when marriages break up that way. And the sort of divorce that happens is a reflection of man's spiritual idolatry against God, just as marriage is a picture of Christ and his church. So, nice job. All right, Vicar, your turn. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not going to make it. We, 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 we weren't going to expect that. That's uh, Vicars aren't quite ready for that, unless you want to. No, I'm good. We're not going <laughs> to. If we really wanted you to do it and you really, and you, we thought you could do it and you were like ready for it, we'd be like, Vicar, Vicar, but we're not going to do that. Could we just run that random number generator to pick a confirmation verse? We've got a couple, we've got at least one confirmation. Ooh, I like that just, idea. Just to see what it would just be. Just to see what it would be? Yeah. All right. This is fun. I like this. This is good content. <laughs> you guys enjoying yourselves? Yeah. Yeah. At least some of you, you are. Go, That's Abby. good news. This is your confirmation verse. Uh, see, book 44. Uh, Acts. A lot and of verses in Acts. 28 chapters. Chapter 2. Ooh. It better not be you nailed them to the... 47. <laughs> 47 <laughs> verses. We got verse 41. Oh. And it reads... So those who received his word were baptized, and there were added that day about 3,000 souls. That's not terrible. Yeah, honestly, that's not, it's not the worst. Right. So the sermon would be, <laughs> um, you're 2,999 behind. <laughs>
Yeah. So. I, no, I mean, that would actually be a really nice uh, confirmation uh, verse, actually. So. so the next one. So do, a, do another the, the one. The next one? The next verse, yeah. Oh, do another one? No, the next verse. 42. Yeah. 42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. That is a good one. The fellowship of believers. Yeah, because what is a confer man doing? Devoting themselves, themselves to the yeah to the apostles' teaching. Yep. Yeah. Do we have any more questions, Peter? I've got a few of them, and some of them are deep, and some of them are really not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all what right. about the not ones? Go, so go deep, shallow, deep. All right, all right. If you had an unlimited budget for a singular episode of the podcast, what would you do? It would be a hunt. <laughs> Alaskan. I was going to say, like, we, we can go hunting, and that's not the most expensive yeah. thing yeah. in the As world. As Berg puts it, we would murder something. <laughs> oh, yeah. I would use the money to uh, maybe go to a, a mission field and tell as many people as I could about Jesus. That's very nice. Enjoy your hunting, Vicar. <laughs> Just Jesus and hunting. Um, so, Oklahoma? Yeah, we go to Port Berlin, Oklahoma, do a, a live show. Does Port uh, Berlin? Well, well, you need to take this seriously. Do you know why? Because maybe someone who sent that from the audience wants to do this for us. <laughs> right. I mean, we have to have some good ideas here. Hawaii's nice. Hawaii would be nice. I'd bring in some epic speakers. Yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, you know, like on particular subjects. Like some JBLs? Dr. Scare? <laughs> eh, not so much Dr. Scare, but, you know. <laughs> Thank you, the one person that understood my joke. I just kind of ignored it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't understand. So JBL is a is a speaker. Oh, okay. Uh, like you know, like makes makes music with a Brand speaker. Oh. Speakers. Yeah. Thanks. Next jokes question. Is, jokes are great when you have to explain them. Um. I guess on that same note, then, if you had to, if you could invite anybody to be on the podcast, you get anybody in the world. Who are you going to add to the podcast for one episode? You could have anyone. Anyone. Living or dead? Uh, let's stick with living. Let's keep it reasonable. Okay. Because you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna pull up like Jesus or Martin Luther. Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, not, that's, that's kind a, of a cop-out. That's out. a cop-out. Yeah. I don't know. I would have the TikTok, TikTok drummer on. <laughs> <laughs> That's sorry. I, that needs a little explanation. Yeah. I, so I, I came here for the podcast for the live event podcast, but I hadn't been to an Iowa State basketball game yet. And so, what is the one I decided to go to? Iowa State versus TCU. And um, that was a real terrible. If anybody was watching, that was a terrible game, and uh, I regret it. But they also had a halftime show that was the TikTok drummer. You guys heard of this guy? Good, because nope. neither had anybody else in the stadium. And um, he came out at halftime. They set up a, a drum set in the middle of half court. 
right? They could put a carpet down. He's got these really high-tech drums. They're not like real drums. They're like the MIDI ones, okay. you know? And uh, he comes out in this flashy jacket, you know, like gold, sparkling gold jacket. And he jacket. only plays the drums like a quarter of the time. And he played the drums for maybe two minutes. And the rest of the time he was dancing around the drum pads. And then when he was playing the drums, he was just banging on them as hard as he could. And there was no technique. It was just bang, bang, bang. It was really bad. So it's a lot like this. Yeah, like this. <laughs> so I want to talk to him and ask him why he's so bad at playing the drums. He must be popular, though, right? Did I buy enough time? Did you guys get anything? I, I mean, I would have David Ramirez come on. David Ramirez, what's he so do? He is uh, kind of an expert on the two estates, two or three estates, two kingdoms, and Lutheranism, that sort of thing. So, And, and I would say this. Um, uh, and I can be honest, I would say that uh, part of the, I, what I like about the podcast... I is, thought you'd say Kanye West. No. Right? <laughs> See? I, right? That, that actually would way. be pretty fascinating. All I could think of was Ted Nugent. <laughs> but uh, but I, I will say this, though. Part of what I like about the podcast is the chemistry that you and I have and um, every podcast is is pretty cool with you. I know. Is that too cheesy? Aw. Aw. I'd tell a joke about chemistry, but I'm afraid <laughs> I wouldn't get a reaction. Aw. <laughs> you just said that in front of people live. I know. All right. Next question. Uh, okay. Um, let's do a little deeper one here. Um... Can you tell us why it is okay to cross ourselves in church? Why it's okay? Yes. Okay. Because I guess sometimes people think it's not. Okay. Well, um, I guess, um, is there a commandment against it? No. Not that I remember. Right. So... um, I guess I, uh, I'm kind of not understanding why it would be wrong. It's a, it's a blessing to remember uh, who you are, that you are covered in the cri- cross of Jesus. So um, I think... Uh, There's maybe a social stigma, like uh, maybe if somebody sees you do it, they're thinking, oh, you're holier than thou kind of deal. Like you're, you're acting like you're too, you're too Christian. Right, but that's I don't think it's too Catholic. Right. Um, but uh, in a way that let's say even if you think that that's not putting the best construction on why something's somebody's doing it. So, um, so I would say, um, why is it okay? I would I would turn it around and say if it is a blessing or a remembrance of God's grace and mercy to you, why wouldn't you want to do it? Well, and I mean. Honestly, with kids, you know, you teach them to do things, right? You get really physical with them. Um, you know, to calm kids down in school, you kind of do the crossover method, right? We've got some teachers here, right? What do you do? Like the crossover method, they, they cross over, right, in order to calm them down, that sort of thing, right? Cross your body, right? Um, and, I mean, we 
So that's the thing is that the soul and the body go together. They always do. And teachers realize this, which is why they use techniques like that in order to calm kids down and to kind of reset them. And it's just the Christian church picked up on it like hundreds of years before, you know, education did, right? And not only that, but crossing yourself is actually talked about in the second commandment uh, in the large catechism where uh, children should be taught to cross themselves, especially when there is... Uh, when they're scared, when they're scared or when something bad is happening, um, you know, they're supposed to say, Lord Jesus, save me, right? Lord Jesus, help me. Lord, have mercy, right? And this is to remind them who has mercy on them, who can protect them, who can save them. It, it reminds me of, um, I know the, the two on the end here will probably find thought this was kind of annoying, but it was amazing how it worked. Like when they were really angry and upset, do you remember what I would do? I would, I would say, I would force them, they had to smile for 30 seconds. And it was amazing. And it worked. It was amazing how they didn't want to do it because they still wanted to be mad. And they knew that if they did it, they would stop being mad. And they would smile, force themselves to smile for 30 seconds, and they would try to be mad, and it wasn't the same. The physical act of smiling, do you remember, do you remember this, Peter? Honestly, no, I don't. Jonah remembers it. Yeah, I remember this. Do you think it worked? I remember it working. Yeah. So, Maybe I just and, and so you know, the physical can actually be a reminder uh, and, a, and a help to help you, like, like Pastor Berg said. Yeah, and I mean, and that's the thing, like, uh, as Vicar was going to point out here, uh, which he can read here in the, in the liturgy, daily prayers. So in the, in the catechism that you guys all learned, but the part you never got to, unfortunately, the daily prayers, uh, it actually has instructions on what you should do in the morning and what you should do at night. And the problem is, is no one was ever taught this, and it's really sad. So, Vicar, can you please read um, for the daily prayers, what uh, is the head of the household supposed to teach his family? Okay. For the morning prayer? Yep, for the morning prayer. In the morning when you get up, make the sign of the Holy Cross and say, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Then kneeling or standing, repeat the creed and the Lord's Prayer. If you choose, you may also say this little prayer. I thank you, my heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger, and I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you, for into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul in all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Then go joyfully to your work, singing a hymn like that of the Ten Commandments, or whatever your devotion may suggest. See, and that's just so beautiful, right? I mean, right there in the catechism, you have instructions about what to do in the morning, right? Get up, make the sign of the cross, Say the creed and the Lord's Prayer, and then say this other prayer, and then you should go to work singing, right? 
And that's the part of Lutheranism. We've used the small catechism as if it's some dogmatic textbook that we just memorize, and then once we have it memorized in eighth grade, then we just chuck it like it's an old math book. And that is not the way the catechism is supposed to be used. We've forgotten about the most important part. We've forgotten about uh, the hymns, right? You know, and we, we don't teach our children this stuff, and it's just really sad. And it's the same for the evening part, right? Before you go to bed, you should cross yourself in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And then you pray again, right? And then you go to bed cheerfully, right? Think of how many people don't go to bed cheerfully. Isn't it sad? And that's what the Bible actually warns us against, that it is vain to get up early and it is vain to go to bed late, eating the bread of sorrows, for God gives his beloved sleep. That's what the Bible says, right? And so you should frame your day with the cross because that is the sign of your redemption. And that, that is how we begin the divine service too. Exactly. And Vicar can tell us about that. Right, the rubric in the LSB, this is the vicar answer, says the sign of the cross may be made by all in remembrance of their baptism. And one thing that I like to put in sermons sometimes is that you have been marked both on the forehead and upon the heart by Christ the crucified, marking you, know, you as one redeemed. So people remember that they do bear the name of the Lord. They do bear the cross of the Lord. And you know, also as a good uh, reference to that too, you also say, depart, O unclean spirit, and make way. I mean, yeah, the exorcism is amazing. You talk about keeping safe, you know, and being in spiritual warfare and being afraid and wondering what the day is going to bring. The physical action... Right. Right. Because if you try and say, for example, um, if, if you, what's, what's really hard to do is to say, uh, do this, to say, I'm shaking my head, yes, no. Right? That's really hard. You have to think about it. Right. And even if I do that, I would say, if I were to say yes and do this, you're all going to think I'm really mean no. Because a nonverbal speaks at least as loud as a verbal. Right. And because language is not just the words, we understand this from the Bible too. Uh, uh, the word of God isn't just the word, it's also connected to water. It's not just by itself, it's connected to bread and wine to be the body and blood of Christ. And all of this speaks a deeper language than just the words, which is why in worship, when you say, it doesn't, as long as you have the right words, the form of music or how you say it doesn't really matter. Well, that's not necessarily true. Right. Nonverbal also informs I mean, let's the words. be honest. A, a white dress isn't necessary for a wedding, but you tell the bride that, you're going to get in deep trouble, right? I mean, things that aren't necessary, necessary actually do matter. And it's kind of like with this whole, you know, I mean, you, you, know, you hear all about the mark of the beast, right? I mean, that comes up all the time. Mark of the beast, mark of the beast, mark of the beast, blah, 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 blah. And then all the That sounds like your favorite song. <laughs> man, exactly. It's true. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. And then people say that, you know, oh, the vaccine mandates are, you know, the mark of the beast and blah, blah, blah. I, come on. 
I mean, the devil isn't that stupid, right? We're not that stupid. That's not the mark of the beast. The mark of the beast is the opposite of the mark of the father. When he marks your forehead, when does he do that? I mean, do you guys have tattooed on your forehead the name of the triune God? Really? Come on. Nobody pretty, out there has that. Be pretty cool, though. Yeah, I mean, in some places, I, okay, I will say this. In some places, like in, um, in Egypt, there are some Christians who tattoo their right hand with the sign of the cross. So that way they won't, you know, give way uh, when they're persecuted, right? But the whole point is, is that these, these physical, like, people are just ridiculous. Because the people who believe that the sacraments don't work believe that there's a physical mark of the beast. It's hilarious because it's completely backward. Mm -hmm. It's completely backward. And then they think that if you cross yourself, it's a curse, like you're cursing yourself or you're being blasphemous. I mean, what, what nonsense? I mean, is it bad to remind yourself of uh, what Jesus did for you? Uh, if it is, then you better get rid of every single picture of Jesus in your house. You better get rid of every single cross because that's where that ends you up. Okay? So that's the thing is like uh, we as human beings need science. We need physical things. And God knew that, and that's why he established the sacraments. That's why he established things like prayer. That's why prayer almost always happened out loud with very few exceptions like for example what's the only time that somebody prays in their heart in the bible anybody know uh, the one time that elijah thinks that she's drunk yeah yeah eli right it's hannah hannah prays and her mouth moves and eli the priest thinks that she's drunk i mean there's a reason why jesus says Go into your closet, and he says, you know, that the Pharisees pray on uh, street corners, right? Because people prayed out loud. People read out loud because they understood something that we don't understand, okay? When we're reading the Bible, we should actually read it out loud. It, it, should, be, it should be a word that confronts us because it's not us, Right? The Bible isn't something that you can just simply, you know, mull over and, you know, rationalize and cut down to size, you know, like a board Which, and make it fit. For example, in the, in the pandemic, uh, if you were watching a live stream of a service, was that in any way the same thing? You know, I'm, I have a, one of, my, one of my, my memories of some of my older folks, uh, because when they couldn't, they're housebound. Um, that uh, they, they could listen on the radio because we're on the radio. They would actually get their hymnal out. They would put on their nicest clothes. They would sit at the kitchen table. Mm -hmm. If they were able to stand, they would actually stand when the congregation was standing. Mm -hmm. And they would follow along because they missed being there. And actually, even if they were by themselves, they would fully participate. How many of you do that if it was a live stream or on the radio in the pandemic? It was... Well, it's kind of, so I don't, I don't know, but. Well, I mean, I would say if you want virtual church, then you should try a virtual marriage and see how much satisfaction you get out of it. Okay. 
And, and that's the same thing. We're going on a lot of soap boxes today. But it's also, too, a virtual church, you go, to, you go to church not only for yourself, but for your neighbor as well. And it, it takes Absolutely. it into being a selfish thing. This is, I'm going to click on the screen so I can get what I need, not, not be mindful that people need me to, to be there with them, to sing with them, to confess the faith with them. Right. It's not just me and Jesus, but it's me and, and the rest of the body. And, and wrestling. You need, yeah. Well, <laughs> re- hey, you know, getting back to wrestling is physical, right? Wrestling is physical, right? And so is church. Show it, so is anything in life that's worth enjoying. I mean, if I put on the screen a virtual meal, right? I mean, how would I do that, right? Well, there's a food network. I'll put some virtual ca- caviar on there, right? See, and what does that food network do for you? Just makes you want it, right? And you're never satisfied. That's exactly the same thing with church. All right, I think we answered that question. Yeah, so so <laughs> to summarize, it's fine to cross yourself in church. Short answer. <laughs> All right, we have another question? Um, I'm out of serious questions. All right, let's do the unserious ones. Um, if you could make the president listen to one of your episodes, which one would you have him listen to? Pickle jar. <laughs> That was way too fast. <laughs> Chasing deers and heavenly tears. I would say, yeah, I know I, I, which one I would. I would say uh, the Voices of Faith Melba episode. That's a nice one. Yeah. Um, that, that's the one, seriously, because there you see a, a beautiful example of faith that uh, we can, we, would be good for him. It's kind of a cop-out answer, but I'll give it to you. What do you mean? What do you mean, what do I mean? That's not a normal episode. It's something we put out as an episode. I don't really think you would understand the show. <laughs> You're... Fair enough. Um, if the podcast was granted a holiday, so we get to choose a day of the week or day of the... or Sorry, a day in, of the year... That is our holiday. What day would it be, and what would the customs be? What was what's like? You know, for Christmas is December twenty fifth, and we go to church and then we open presents. Hmm. Well, let's let's work on this one together. Let's yeah, not yeah. just give like. So first of all, what what day of the year do you think is kind of empty? I like February 29th. <laughs> Leap year day. Yeah, every four years we get a day. Let's not be presumptuous and think we deserve a day every year. You well, you, well that you, of course you'd like that because your original due date was on the 29th of February. Um, how old would I be in leap years then? You would be... Uh, not old enough to drink. Six. Yeah, six, <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, first of all, it would be a feast because the Bible uses a lot of feasts as a way of remembering. So what in Scripture, Berg, do you think would, like, what, uh, although we have everything kind of already there to add something new, we have feast days all the time. Mm. I would say you wake up in the morning and after you do your prayers, 
Uh, you have to tell your family members what beverage you're drinking for the day. Okay. Okay. That's a good start. That's, you just you just have to go to like a high V or even a liquor store and just find the weirdest beverage. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, it can't be something that you normally drink. You can get a Thanksgiving turkey for Thanksgiving. You get a, a clerical errors beer for clerical errors day. It's right. kind of like the clerical errors fridge. You open that thing and you never know what you're going to find in there. That's very true. And then you spend your day listening to clerical errors. <laughs> and uh, at noon, you eat a nice venison steak. Of yep. course. Okay. Yep. Of course. Mm-hmm. You might want to dress up in your fer- favorite clerical errors attire. Exactly. By the way, we didn't mention this. B- Vicar's the only one that wore the clerical to the clerical errors podcast. I'm the Vicar app. I have. Uh, yeah. <laughs> He's still on the clock. <laughs> All right, next question. Um, might be running out of questions. If you could end one podcast, what podcast would you end? Homebrewed Christianity. I, I don't, you don't listen to podcasts, do you? Yeah, I'll... I don't know, end sounds harsh. <laughs> Just, you know, deleted. That's all. Off the collar. Off the collar. <laughs> <laughs> inside joke. It's not an inside joke. That's on the podcast. <laughs> all right. Is that all the questions? That's all the questions I had. All right. Anybody else? You can holler, too. We can hear you. Yep. Come on. Going don't be once. shy. Going twice. All right, I think we're out of questions. Oh, do we have time for a couple of news that bothers me? Oh, I forgot. Sure, I've got a few of them. Did you did you come up with any? Because you... no. <laughs> okay. All right. So I... we have a segment news that bothers Berg, but we can't do it yet because. There's fake news. There's real news. Then there's real news that Berg wishes was fake. It's time to hear news that bothers Berg. All right, I have three news articles, and none of them are good. Right, and you only have two minutes to respond to each one. Two minutes? Okay, you're on the clock. Vicar, you got the clock? I'll get the clock. All right. The first one is, family's blocked toilet was due to a three-foot python in the U-bend. Ready? Go. What? <laughs> so, how did the snake get stuck in the toilet? I don't know. Um, uh, I, I, that is he, horrifying. When he lifted the lid, he was horrified to see a coiled reptile looking back at him. Oh. Beady eyes aligned with the rim while its tail was stretched oh. back into the pipe. I, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I'd ever go to the bathroom again. He was frantic and shaking. I could tell he, something was yeah, wrong. Yeah, I bet he was. <laughs> but that's not what I expected, uh, said Laura from the moment, who, uh, which would probably be the start of a lifetime of phobia for her son, aged five. Ooh. <laughs> ah, gross. <laughs> At least rats were right, coming that's out of why, That's why you teach your five-year-old son to wake up and make the sign of the cross. Exactly. Lord Jesus... <laughs> Preserve us because, oh my goodness, yuck. All right. Ready for the next one? Yep. This is is from a UK website. Uh, 
Um, it says, Lori spills pig flesh all over the road after a dodgy sat-nav diversion. What does that even Go. mean? <laughs> what, like, what did you just say? Mounds of smelly pig flesh spilled all over a country road after a lorry failed to make it up the hill. So a lorry is like a truck. Right, yeah. And pig flesh is pig flesh. Yeah, so it was the little truck that couldn't. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, it was due to a 90-degree bend and a 30-degree incline. Okay. That was too oh. much. So, like, was it a rendering truck? Of some sort? Yeah. Or? Well, I mean, I, I don't obviously, think, I mean, I'm not what other sh- truck would have pig flesh? I'm not going right. to show it, it didn't the have audience, the guts, but I'll show you the it picture. It didn't have the guts. <laughs> I'll show Berg the picture here. Oh, my goodness. Imagine the smell. Yeah. Ugh. But it looks like it could have been edible. If, I mean, like, what was it? <laughs> Can you explain to me how often you eat pig flesh? Pork rinds. Yeah, I mean, pork rinds are like our favorite. Like, my son eats pork rinds all the time. Is there a pork rind factory? There must be. I mean, I don't know how else you get them. I mean, they gr- don't grow on trees. I mean, if there was a pork rind tree. Didn't you grow up on a par- pork rind farm? I wish. Man. Mmm. Pork rinds. Well, it didn't bother Burger at all. You no. just made him hungry. It does smell <laughs> a, a lot, said Inspector Helm. Well, I, t- <laughs> I tell you what, you know, especially in the summertime when you don't get these, these dead pigs hauled away, it, it gets gross. So, all right, next. All right, last one I've got. Doctors remove 15 pound ball of hair from teenager's stomach. <laughs> Go. <laughs> this is a girl, right? Please tell me this is a girl. Yes. Okay, thanks be to God. She probably was chewing on her hair the whole time, right? That's what it says. I mean, Are you sure she wasn't a cat? The hair ball was oh. removed during a six hour operation. They thought it was cancer. Ugh. I bet her brush is Please. clean. <laughs> ah. I mean, like, uh, I don't understand. You'd have to I, grow I, 15 I pounds of hair. Like, how long right. is she chewing on her hair? All right. Assignment, Vicar. Okay, Vicar, you're now a pastor, right? Someone, you're... Can you so- imagine going in to do the commendation of the dying? <laughs> and uh, they say, <laughs> uh, Vicar, uh, we need you to visit. Well, what's the problem? What what, uh, what do you say to that poor person? Did you make the sign of the cross? This <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing is that hair is undigestible, and so it makes sense, right? I that actually is kind of horrifying. So, girls, don't chew on your hair, please. Here's here's a you know here's a reaction for Berg. the picture. Picture. Oh my gosh, it's really gross. I mean, <laughs> I, I just, yeah, I mean, what would you even, like, it's like a cylinder. It's huge. Like, it's huge. It's like this big. Like a football? I mean, like a yeah, football? it's like a, it's like a, fo- it's, it's bigger like a, than a football. Yeah, it's bigger than a football. Ooh. <laughs> All right, so, I think we, we bothered you. Yuck. And probably most of our audience, I'm not sure everybody's so, with me anymore. <laughs> so check your toilets before you go and make the sign of the cross. Yeah, and don't chew your hair and don't make the sign of the cross. And apparently, don't drive around in England with pork rinds in your truck. Yeah, make sure you know who you're, you're following. Lori. Yeah, you're Lori. Ugh. Yikes. Well, well, we've got enough uh, material. So, did you enjoy it? Yeah. All right. Raise your hand if you regret coming. Hey! 
Yay, that's good news. <laughs> All right. So uh, we always end it with a show with, uh, I'm Bullhagen. I'm Berg. And I'm Vicar. And um, audience, do you have any... Uh, we need a blessing now. May your... <laughs> and may your pork rinds be hairless thank That's you for good. joining us this podcast is available on itunes google play spotify or wherever else you get your podcasts questions thoughts concerns you can contact us on facebook at facebook.com slash clerical podcast on twitter at clerical p for podcast or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.